Welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope you are having a terrific Tuesday. And if you're a Grizzlies fan, another trade has been made. Another fun trade to detail, analyze, and really dive deep into as to what is going on with the Memphis Grizzlies franchise in terms of their in-game. And I think that with this latest move in which the Memphis Grizzlies send Patrick Beverly to the Minnesota Timberwolves in exchange for forwards Jarrett Culver and Juancho Hernan Gomez, I think the in-game is starting to become a bit more clear. In the first segment of the show, we'll talk about the specifics of this latest trade for the Grizzlies, the details and reasoning behind it, and what it means for the roster moving forward, why this could be the first of a few more moves that could be made. In the second segment, that in-game becoming more clear than I had talked about, we'll discuss why it seems that's the case, especially in the case of Jarrett Culver when it comes to the Grizzlies. And in the third segment, three key takeaways from the Grizzlies' performance in Las Vegas. Who stood out? What stood out about this team? And what does it mean moving forward? All that in today's episode of Locked on Grizzlies. If you're a new listener, welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. If you're a loyal loyal listener, thank you for always is listening. My name is Sean Coleman. Uh, you can find me and all the work from Locked on Grizzlies at StatsSAC on Twitter. Make sure you listen, subscribe, review. Let us know what you think of the podcast. It's available wherever podcasts are available. We always want to make sure we're providing content to our listeners' preferences. Again, my name is Sean Coleman. I'm a credentialed media mem- member media member of the Memphis Grizzlies, have been covering the team now for over three years, the host of Locked On Grizzlies, your Grizzlies every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So let's jump right into it. On Sunday, the Grizzlies sent Eric Bledsoe, who certainly was a less than desirable contract, to a favorable situation for him by sending him to the Los Angeles Clippers for Patrick Beverly, Rajon Rondo, and Ford Daniel Oturu. When it came to that trade, the immediate thing that stood out is basically the Grizzlies took a large, basically unmovable contract in terms of value and wound up breaking it down into smaller commitments, but commitments that could be more attractive on the trade market for the Grizzlies to truly get an asset that they did want to keep in the fold and on the roster. And that's exactly what the Grizzlies did by sending Patrick Beverly to Minnesota for Jaron Culver and Wancho Hernan Gomez. Now, when the Grizzlies sent Bledsoe to the Clippers on Sunday, and they wound up in a situation where they had Rajon Rondo, who's still on the roster, Patrick Beverly and Tyus Jones, myself and many others speculated, and it's because they previously this offseason, there had been rumors that they were shopping him. The idea we were looking at was this could mean the Grizzlies potentially top the expi- or shop the expiring contract of Tyus Jones, see if they can get future assets in a trade for him like they got with Grayson Allen and keep Patrick Beverly in the fold as a backup point guard. Well, instead, the market may just not have been there with Tyus Jones or the Grizzlies may have just preferred to keep him all along he remains in place, obviously, as the backup point guard going into next season. Patrick Beverly moves on to a place where he certainly was more preferred than Memphis, and in exchange, the Grizzlies are able to get Jaron Culver and Wancho Hernan Gomez. Now, from a money perspective, this basically keeps the money the same. Unlike the Bledsoe contract, or the Bledsoe trade, in which the Grizzlies were able to save future money next summer. In this trade, the Grizzlies basically, they do gain the potential to have multiple years of control for Culver and Juancho Hernan Gomez, but they can make decisions on their future in Memphis after this season. Culver, who was eaten the number six overall pick in the 2019 draft, the same draft in which the Grizzlies selected John Morant and Brandon Clark in the first round, 
He is on a rookie contract. He's passed the first two guaranteed years of his rookie contract. This year is a team option that's already been picked up. Next year is another team option that the Grizzlies could pick up if they decide to. Or if they don't, they could just simply decline the option and he goes to free agency. And thus, the Grizzlies have no future money commitments beyond this year. Juan, Juancho Hernan Gomez, he signed a three-year, $21 million deal with the Minnesota Timberwolves before last season. This season is guaranteed at $7 million, but after this season, his third year is fully non-guaranteed, which basically is a team option for the Grizzlies. If they don't want to pick it up, all they've got to do is renounce his rights. He can go to free agency as well. So the Grizzlies basically took Beverly and the money commitment that's there for this year, and broke him down into two pieces, intriguing pieces, at a bigger area of need for the Grizzlies when it came to the wing position. However, I don't think that the Grizzlies are done, at least when it comes to Juancho Hernan Gomez, with his contract being simply a one-year, $7 million commitment for a team, I do think he could become an attractive trade asset for the Grizzlies to at least get some type of future pick out of him. He could make sense as a stretch big on a manageable contract for several teams around the league, especially those teams that may have a trade exception. So I do think that Juancho Hernan Gomez could be another piece that the Grizzlies look to move to gain a future asset. With Culver, and I'll get into this a little bit later in the show, I do think that he is a asset of preference for this Grizzlies team. I do think that the Grizzlies made it made made moves to where he was a bit was a part of the end game that the Grizzlies have for this summer in terms of bringing in another intriguing in piece on the wing that they can bring into their development system and see what they can make the most of in terms of his talent. But obviously the other thing that comes into full focus now is that the Grizzlies obviously have way too many contracts. They have a very crowded room in which they're going to have have to shed some talent in the near future to get their roster, obviously, to the 15 that it needs to be. Right now, the Grizzlies have 18 guaranteed contracts for 15 roster spots when it comes to their final roster. Now, obviously, you've got the starting lineup of Jaw, Dylan, Kyle, Jaron, and Steven Adams. They're obviously in. They're obviously staying. You also have Tyus, Melton, Bain, Clark, and Tillman, who are obviously staying as well. Obviously, the rookies that were picked this year, Santi Aldama and Zaire Williams, they're clearly going to stay, as well as John Conchar, who has multiple years of control left. I can see him staying as well. That means that there are five names for the last two roster spots whose future in Memphis certainly will be interesting to see play. I do think Culver is one of the players that will stay on that roster, so that leaves four names for one roster spot. Those names are Sam Merrill, Daniel Aturu, Rajon Rondo, and Juancho Hernan Gomez. Now, a few of those names certainly could be attractive on the trade market. I'm specifically talking about Merrill, Uturu, Rondo, and Hernan Gomez. You could see the Grizzlies make yet another move with a player that is, you know, very likely to be on their roster. However, I do feel that if the Grizzlies would have made a move such as that, it probably already would have happened. But when it comes to Merrill Uturu, Rondo, and Hernan Gomez, I think that Hernan Gomez probably is the most likely candidate to be traded for some type of small pick package for the future. And then if that's the case, I do think Merrill probably makes the most sense for the Grizzlies roster. At the end of the day, if Merrill, as of right now, is the player that makes the most sense for that 15th spot 
on the Grizzlies roster, you could simply see the Grizzlies look to trade Hernan Gomez and then wave or slash buy out um, both Rondo and Aturu. They can easily make the moves that they need to make without any type of penalties or anything like that. They already owe the money to these players. They could just simply pay the players, have them walk, and get this roster down to 15. And I think the three players that right now that are clearly on the bubble are Rondo, who just sensibly you would probably want to allow to go to a more favorable opportunity for himself. Rondo, Aturu, and Hernan Gomez. With Aturu and Hernan Gomez, there's just simply not an av avenue to playing time. So the Grizzlies continue to make moves, and they continue to make these moves with two ideas in place. May, allowing for them to continue to evolve the roster in the way that they want to while also getting future assets along the way. I get it. We talk about these moves are similar to what the Grizzlies did in 2019, yet these moves themselves are not necessarily as significant as many of the moves in 2019. However, with this latest move, I do think that a part of the Grizzlies' endgame for this summer is coming into focus. I'll talk about I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. The summer is in full swing, and for many of us, that's great news. Time at the pool, cookouts, gathering with friends and family, so many things that you can do outdoors under, under the sunny skies. Well, if that's something that you enjoy doing, that's great. But for some of us, as the heat rises, less than ideal situations can arise as well. Social gatherings require for you to wear quite a bit of clothing, like weddings, dates, formals, work presentations, whatever it may be, and for some, that could heighten the risk of excessive sweating and body odor. And if you're one of the folks that may suffer from that, I have an idea that can really minimize the chance of that happening, and that's sweat block wipes. Sweat block wipes are amazing. They're doctor-created and doctor-recommended. They work up for seven days per use, and they come with a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. You also have seen them featured and tested on the Rachel Ray show with firefighters, and they have been one of the best sellers on Amazon over the past 10 years with over 13,000 reviews. Get your confidence back in being able to wear what you want to wear this summer by using sweat block wipes. This is a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag. Whether it's a big presentation, a social gathering, a hot date, get your confidence back with sweat block wipes. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, all you have to do is check out where to get the wipes and sweat block at. You can go to Amazon or CBS and find the products there, or you can go to sweatblock.com right now, put in the promo code locked on, and get 20% off your next order of sweat block. I personally have used sweat block myself. It's an amazing product that works great. Get your confidence back to wear whatever you want. Choose sweat block wipes today. General managers ask questions to find the right players all the time. Like, do they have ice in their veins? When you're hiring, you can use Indeed Assessments to help make sure you find candidates with the skills you need. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even interviewing. Don't just hope your don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise 
to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. With Indeed assessments, choose from 135 skills tests to help make sure you're finding applications from people with the skills you need. According to TalentNest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Join more than the three million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 job credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. On tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So we've talked about from the Jonas Valanciunas trade, the player that the Grizzlies got back in Steven Adams and how he fits this roster. If new acquisition Sam Merrill and Jarrett Culver potentially are here for the long term, barring any other moves, what exactly about them made the Grizzlies prefer them in the moves that they made as being a part of this team for at least this next season? We'll get into the games of Jarrett Culver and Sam Merrill and why they were attractive to the Grizzlies front office and acquiring them in trades on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So obviously, the moves have been made. This is the fourth trade, well, actually the fifth trade, if you count the Santi Aldama draft night trade, that the Grizzlies have made this offseason. And yes, the Grizzlies are making moves with the future in mind. We've well established that. That's now known. Also, the Grizzlies are making moves that may result in them taking a bit of a step back this season. I think that it was established at the end of the season press conference that Zach Kleiman and his regime were okay with that as they continue to evolve this roster. But one of the reasons why I think this latest move is starting to show what the Grizzlies are intending to do with all these moves as a whole is because of the fact that with this move, the Grizzlies have gained another at least intriguing wing talent in Jarrett Culver that they could control for multiple years and see if they could develop his talent that did not develop in Minnesota. And let's be let, 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 let's be quite honest. To this point, Jarrett Culver is the absolute definition of a bust. He was awful in Minnesota. That's nothing against Jarrett Culver himself. It just didn't work out in Minnesota. But it does seem as if the Grizzlies had past interest in Culver. And as we know with the reputation that the Grizzlies have built up and being able to develop talent, taking a chance on Culver, who certainly was attractive just as little as two years ago during the draft season, it certainly makes sense for Memphis to take a flyer and see if they can make it work out with Culver. Some others have astutely mentioned that Culver is kind of similar to what the Grizzlies had hoped that they would get with Justice Winslow. You may not have the overall upside with Winslow, that Winslow had when he was drafted, but with Culver, you obviously do get a player that is three years younger and certainly still is in the part of his career where he can make the most of it with the right development team, and Memphis certainly seems to be a great spot for him. But besides the individual intrigue of Jarrett Culver, I think, again, we're starting to see, we've talked about Part of the reasons why the Grizzlies are making this trade was to not only evolve their philosophy as a roster, but their structure as a roster as well. I mentioned a few times on Twitter that there's roster balance now with the moves that have been made through these trades and on draft night. I mentioned at the first of the offseason. To me, one of the biggest focuses for the Grizzlies this offseason was to find ways to bring in intriguing wing 
talent. Yes, you did have Dylan Brooks and you did have Kyle Anderson. You also had Justice Winslow, but obviously we now see he was not going to be in the long-term plans. You had Dylan Brooks and you had Kyle Anderson, but those players are entering their prime. They're certainly on the timeline of the Grizzlies, but they're not as young as Jaw and Jaren are, who were both still 20, or, you know, Jaren being 21, Jaw just having turned 22. The goal was for the Grizzlies to find intriguing wing talent that is near the same age as Jaw and Jaren to grow with them as time went on. Entering this offseason, the Grizzlies had their established hierarchy, if you will, for the future at the guard position. Their main guard is obviously Jaw. They had, they had pieces to support him that they controlled for multiple years in, in uh, DeAnthony Melton and Desmond Bain. In the front court, you had your main big, who you likely are going to, who is Jaron Jackson Jr. You're likely going to extend him to have him for the long-term future in the coming months. And then to support him, you again had players that you control for multiple years in Xavier Tillman and Brandon Clark. At the start of the offseason, the Grizzlies didn't really have that on the wing. You certainly had Dylan Brooks as your main wing, but you didn't have the depth behind him like you did in Moulton and Bain in the backcourt and that you had in Tillman and Clark in the frontcourt. What you did have was expiring contracts beyond Kyle Anderson in Jonas Valanciunas and Grayson Allen. Obviously, the Grizzlies did not intend to keep Allen and, Yon and Jonas Valanciunas. So what they've done is they've traded those expiring contracts away. With Allen, they were able to bring in a couple of future second-round picks plus a lottery ticket in Merrill. But with Jonas, the Grizzlies have now taken an expiring contract that they were not intending to sign long-term, and they've used that trade chip, as long as other details, to now create that support wing depth, that upside wing depth that is of the same age as Jaron and Jaw in the form of Culver and Zaire Williams. Now for the future, for the present and future, you have your hierarchy for the future at guard in Jaw, Bain, and Melton. You have it on the wing in Dylan, Zaire, and Jarrett Culver. And you have it in the front court in Jaron Tillman, as well as Clark. And that allows for the Grizzlies to be able to go so many different avenues as they continue to form their roster around Jaw and Jaren specifically for the future. You have your main guy, as well as two supporting cast members, in the backcourt, on the wing, and in the front court to start out with. You have some veteran pieces that can support those trios of depth at all three positions in the modern NBA. You've got Steven Adams, you got Tyus Jones, you got Kyle Anderson, you got John Conchar, as well as a few others. Steven Adams probably is going to be your main center for the next one or two years for you to use as that physical force in the middle to support the development of Jackson Jr., Tillman, and Clark. Tyus Jones, at least for this year, is going to be there to support Jaw when he's off the court and allow for the bench unit to continue to develop due to the guidance that he brings in as a second unit point guard. He also could be a trade ship now at the deadline or this summer. Kyle Anderson is a chess piece you can use in multiple ways. Use him at the four, use him at the three. A two-way value, a two-way player who adds value both on defense as well as his improved ability to shoot the ball. He'll probably start at the three for much of next season and play at the four in closing moments. He could be someone that you extend. And then, of course, John Conchar is a depth piece, your 10th or 11th man in the lineup you can use in many different situations. But the key is this. 
is that the Grizzlies now have an established main component of their future in Ja, Dylan, and Jaron at the guard, wing, and front court position moving forward. And they have intriguing and controllable depth beyond all three of those players at those three specific positions. That is a that is a more balanced roster in terms of depth at the three critical positions in the modern NBA. That's more depth and balance than the Grizzlies had even a few months ago. Now, some of those pieces are likely not going to stay around. Some of those pieces may not stay around for more than next year. A few of them possibly could be used in trading for a clear upgrade to support to support Ja, Dylan, and Jaron to really make this Grizzlies team a sustainable winner into the future. But the Grizzlies now have balance that they can build around at the guard, wing, and front court position moving forward, or they have plenty of intriguing pieces plus future picks that they could use to put really attractive trade pieces together to make upgrades as time goes on. So yes, whatever opinion you have of the trades that have been made, certainly it makes sense. These aren't slam dunk trades. Yes, the Grizzlies are taking on risk. Yes, the pieces that the Grizzlies have acquired, even through the draft, certainly do have their flaws, or they may take time to develop. But the whole thing is, is that the Grizzlies are trusting their development process, which is done nothing but yield great results. There have been a few blunders along the way, but overwhelming positive results have come from the ways the Grizzlies develop talent so far under this front office's regime. They're betting on that ability once again this upcoming season, and once this season has passed, you have an idea who's going to clearly stay, you have an idea who you need to move on from, and at that point, you're going to have the cap space, the assets, as well as the young pieces that you could combine together to move to get the clear upgrades that you need to support John Jaron moving forward. It's all about having options, but also structured options that can let you go many different directions. And from a roster standpoint, the Grizzlies are in a more in a more balanced and in my opinion, more they have more leverage now to make good decisions moving forward than they did at the first of the offseason. And that certainly is a way of looking at this offseason as it being successful. It may not be the most convincing way. It may not be the best way that they could have gone about doing things. But at the end of the day, I do think that the Grizzlies really put an emphasis on getting some intriguing wing pieces for this roster, and now in acquiring Zaire Williams and Jarrett Culver through the draft and through trade, both of which that they can control for multiple seasons into the future, I really think that has been a good development for the future, for the present and future of this Grizzlies roster. But we talk about this trade that has occurred. A few trades, or excuse me, actually three trades, have certainly kind of overshadowed what the Grizzlies have done in Las Vegas. If we're talking about these young pieces, what about those that played in Las Vegas and what stood out about them? I'll look at that in just a moment here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Obviously, when it comes to the Grizzlies roster, they've made a lot of changes in terms of changing out and even upgrading some parts going into next season. Well, you need to take the same philosophy when your car as it gets older. And if you need to make part upgrades or change parts out, the best way to go, the best way to do that is by going to rockauto.com for a variety of different reasons. For one, rockauto.com is very easy to use. Within a few clicks of the button, you'll likely find what you need regardless of the part that you need. Because regardless of the make and model and the part itself, 
rockauto.com is likely to have it. No matter your experience level when it comes to doing car repairs, rockauto.com also makes things economically friendly. They're a family-owned business. They've been in business for over 20 years. They know that car parts typically fall out of budget, so they try to make things as cost-effective as possible. When you visit rockauto.com, let them know that the Locked On Podcast Network sent you rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. We talk all the time when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies about a front office that loves to have options. But also, it's not only about having options, it's that each of those options certainly are positive. But when it comes to wanting to add a snack to your daily routine that can offer health benefits, a boost to your energy, and you can have several different options that are all great tastes to choose from, that's Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You can have it in the morning and breakfast, have it in the afternoon as a snack. Whenever you choose to enjoy it, Built Bar is going to make your day better. And if you go to Built.com right now, and you not, not only do you have over 18 different flavors to choose from, but if you put in the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com, you'll get 15% off your next order of Built Bars. Make your day better by adding Built Bar to your daily diet. Go to Built.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. On tomorrow's episode of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, we're talking about the NBA Summer League, but when it comes to the Grizzlies, obviously they've added a few intriguing talents, especially in Jarrett Culver as well as Sam Merrill. Looking into the games of Sam Merrill and Jarrett Culver and what stands out about them as intriguing parts of the Grizzlies' present and future. Also, we'll keep you updated in case any other roster decisions are made on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So again, the Grizzlies have traded Grayson Allen, they've now traded Eric Bledsoe, and now traded um, Patrick Beverly, all during the time when they were were playing in the NBA Summer League. And as a matter of fact, one of the guys that they got back in one of those trades, Sam Merrill, immediately joined the Grizzlies Summer League team in Las Vegas. But it certainly was a fun experience. Maybe not as enjoyable as when the Grizzlies won the 2019 Summer League. But at the end of the day, the Grizzlies were 5-3, and three through between Salt Lake and Las Vegas, and there were several key takeaways, good positive key takeaways from this experience for some of the Grizzlies' most intriguing young talents. For one, different waves of different significance of young players on in this Grizzlies franchise stepped up and played their best when they were in expanded roles. Look at Salt Lake City in the first few games in Utah, or in, in Vegas, when Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman, and John Conchar played together. When that training, you can even add Killian Tilly to that mix. When that quartet of players played together, I would put that lineup up against any other lineup from any other team that played in Vegas of the players that were available there. That's how good they were. But in time, they eventually sat, as you saw most teams do with their quote-unquote veteran talents in the Vegas Summer League. At that time, you saw Zaire Williams and Santi Adama, the Grizzlies rookies, step up. They looked their best in the third and fourth games when more responsibility fell on them, and they clearly showed their all-around games that offer such high intrigue. And then in the fifth game, names such as Olivier Saar really stepped up and showed that he is an intriguing big man piece, a developmental big man piece, that likely will find some success down in South Haven. The key is, is that yes, there were different levels of player groups that were playing in the Summer League. You've got Tillman and Conchar and Bain who are going to be part of the bench in Memphis. You've got the rookies in Santi Aldama and um, Zaire Williams who may not have a defined role in Memphis, but certainly will be developed at both Memphis and South Haven. They're 
rookie seasons. And then you've got the guys exclusively at South Haven, Olivier Saar, Shaq Buchanan, Yves Pons, and others who shine during their time there. So the fact that the Grizzlies have different levels that performed well in terms of their young depth in Memphis, that certainly was a great thing to see for Coach Darko, Rajakovich, as well as the rest of the staff, and obviously for Coach Taylor Jenkins, who was in Vegas as well, it was a great sight to see also. In terms of their on-the-court play, another thing that was highly intriguing was the facilitation and ball movement. On an individual level, you saw that it saw a clear improvement in the ability to do that from Tillman, Bain, John Conchar. You saw flashes of it from Zaire Williams and Santi Adama, as well as Sam Merrill. One of the clear things that stood out about this Grizzlies Summer League roster was that aside from Amon Caver, they did not really have a traditional point guard outside of him. They certainly didn't have one they reliably started, or, or, or repeatedly started, in the starting lineup. They wanted to rely on several sources of non-traditional point guard play to make the most when it came to facilitation and playmaking. Desmond Bain certainly showed how he has the potential to do that. Xavier Tillman, to me, on an individual level, is the one that stood out the most. Two games with seven assists each in his first two games in Vegas. His calling card coming out of um, Michigan State into the NBA was his ability to pass as a big man, and that was fully on display in the Summer League. And that's important for a Grizzlies team that is going to need facilitation to be of the utmost importance off their bench for their strong bench to support their starters this season, and especially with how much Coach Taylor Jenkins puts a preference on passing and assists. But at a team perspective, I asked Sean McDermott about it earlier this year. He stated that Coach Rajakovich had put a lot of emphasis on moving the ball around, crisp ball movement, five, six, seven passes, trying to find the right matchup for the Grizzlies to attack for a score. And it led to high percentage looks from distance, as well as, especially in the case of Zaire Williams, a few opportunities to make a drive to the basket for a high percentage look there. The ability for this team, especially the young talents that are here, to show good chemistry and show good ball movement, that's what will keep an offense consistent when the starters are out this season, especially when the Grizzlies bench is in play. If Tillman and Maine and Conchar and others have the chemistry to where they know the moves of each other and can consistently pass the ball around when they're playing, that is going to be a big boost to keeping the Grizzlies offense consistent overall this season, which obviously is going to be needed for them to have a successful season, you know, in Memphis with the main roster. The other big thing that stood out, though, about the main roster or the Summer League roster, but in general, every member of the Grizzlies who either plays for the main roster, is in South Haven, whether they're on a guaranteed contract or on a two-way contract, this Grizzlies, this Grizzlies culture brotherhood, that fraternal feeling you get whenever you talk about the Grizzlies over the past few seasons, it certainly extended from Memphis to Las Vegas. All of the regular Grizzlies were there to catch the Summer League action. John Morant, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, uh, Brandon Clark, DeAnthony Melton was there. Even the newly acquired Stephen Adams sat with Jaron Jackson Jr. and watched a game. The support is consistently there no matter what level of player you were talking about from this Grizzlies roster. Several of the players that we talked to who were playing in the Summer League talked about how they had gotten pointers from John and the rest of the players, how they were talked to at halftime by John and the rest of the players. You've got a bunch of group of guys already 
established to Memphis who not only love playing basketball, they love playing in Memphis with the guys and the teammates that they have, and they love developing and getting better together, and that is now infectious. Every one of the players that we talked to in the post-game interviews that played in the Summer League, even those players like Williams, Aldama, and Merrill, who have been with the Grizzlies for barely over a week, they all talked about how infectious and positive that fraternal feeling is with the brotherhood that's already in Memphis, the culture that's already in Memphis. And not only are they happy to be a part of that culture, they can clearly already see how that culture is a big reason as to why the Grizzlies consistently are able to help players to develop into versions of themselves that may be better than many expected. So yes, the Grizzlies went 5-3. and three. They may not have played their best at all times when they were in Las Vegas, but this certainly was a successful experience, and it's especially going to be fun to see how players build off of it. Bain, Tillman, and Conchar in Memphis, Tilly and others in South Haven, but especially the rookies when it comes to Zaire Williams and Salty Aldama. Thanks so much for joining us on this edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Obviously, as you can tell, you never know when the next move is going to come, and more than likely, more than one more move is going to happen as the Grizzlies continue to trim, their, to trim their roster. We'll make sure that we keep you updated on any further moves that are made. We'll talk about the acquisitions of Culver and Sam Merrill, what stands out about them, as well as what comes next for Santi Aldama and Zaire Williams on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Follow me in the show at StatsSAC, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.